0: Welcome to the FBL Zone. I'm Adam, and joining me will be two of my esteemed colleagues from TheStatZone.com to preview the key talking points ahead of Game Week 26 of the Fantasy Premier League. On the show today, we'll be discussing the game's new January signings before some chat on the now confirmed Blank Game Week 28. We'll also bring you our weekly captain's picks and a small argument between two of my esteemed colleagues from TheStatZone.com. With me today are Tim. Hello. And Alex. Hello. The uh, transfer window has shut once more and in what was a rather underwhelming January we've picked out a few notable signings. Notable does not have to mean good. Alex, who have we picked?
1: Well, I've started uh, with the obvious pick based on uh, his exploits on Game Week 25 and that's Stephen Bergwijn of uh, Spurs.
0: Now, how are we going to say Bergwijn today? Because there's so many different ways that I've heard over the weekend. How would you say it? Well, I, well I've just asked a question. He said on Twitter that there are two ways which doesn't really help um, we can go with Bergwijn
1: I would happily go with that because it's the easiest one I, was, and, I, heard, I we know Bergwijn what Bergwijn as well we know what my reputation is for saying names incorrectly It kind of it, it's in keeping with
0: Wijnaldum isn't it yeah same noises should we try that sure go on then
1: I'm happy to go with Bergwijn and um, to be honest we'll be saying it a lot more in the future if his debut's ending to go by of course scoring the opening goal against Manchester City and what a goal it was as well that might be the uh, February goal of the month award already wrapped up it was a fantastic finish uh, opening the score in he's priced at 7.5 million uh joined from uh, PSV Eindhoven and he's got six goals this season in all competitions uh but last season was where he really stood out and shone and he got 14 goals last season one thing to note just be aware uh he does like a yellow card uh got five yellow cards last season and six yellow cards already this season you know from uh, from the start of the Dutch campaign the Eredivisie up until January uh, so maybe be aware of that he looked like he was playing left side of midfield Son moved to the right and uh, I thought he looked good and obviously he's, he's proven he's a finisher you know if you give him a chance and, and he can take it and at 7.5 billion that could prove a very good FPL asset going forward Yeah Mourinho
2: said didn't he when he when he signed him there was, there was chat whether he'd get thrown straight in and, and he has done and he said then that with the absence of Harry Kane he's only really got Mora, Son Lamella and Deli Ali as attacking options so 7.5 million. He, he's quite a good option to to bring in because he seems to be guaranteed minutes for that Tottenham team.
1: Yeah, if you want to get him in early as well, let's not forget Aston Villa away or Spurs' next match. Uh, their game week 26. So if there's ever a fixture you know that you want to bring in someone like Bergwijn, perhaps that is going to be the one.
0: I'm glad you said that because I've already bought Stephen Bergwijn into. Of course, you have. I would have brought him in. I genuinely would have brought him in before this weekend, but we it, unfortunately it just fell on the wrong time for getting the players into the game in time Uh, the other player I would have brought in on the many bandwagons I'll be riding to end of season mediocrity is Jared Bowen what do you think about him
1: well I think he's a fantastic player and it's just a question of whether he can keep up his championship form and bring it into the Premier League that is the million dollar question with any championship star uh, that signs for a Premier League team to make that step up but Jared Bowen's stats are are quite frankly brilliant Uh, of course played on the wing at Hull City predominantly 17 goals this season in all competitions, 22 goals last season in all competitions from the wing, I might add. He's priced at £6.5 million as a midfielder. He's joined West Ham United, though, and that's the big question. West Ham United are struggling badly under David Moyes. Uh, there's questions about their attack, their attacking uh, potency. However, having said that, they did score three goals uh, in the game we've just gone against Brighton. The big worry is they also have tough fixtures now. Of course, they face Manchester City away in their next game week. They do ease up, but I think the, the, their next six you know, look really, really bad. So that's the big problem with Bowen. And the question is, is he going to be thrown in immediately? Because Robert Snodgrass, of course, scored twice in the game against Brighton. So is Bowen going to be thrown straight I in? I suppose there. that
2: was my question to, to you, You know, as, as the expert out of the three of us on on championship football. Who is he going to replace in that West Ham say quartet that move forward you know he's not going to displace Haller up top and then Snodgrass Lanzini Antonio's being probably their best player this season you know who do you see dropping out to if accommodate him? Four nils, it?
1: do you think? Four if the thing that West Ham have a lot of okay attack midfielders so-and-so attack midfielders but they don't have a real star you know Robert Snodgrass has done really well in the Premier League I think since coming into since because he's, he's he um, educated himself in the Football League you know the likes of Leeds and Norwich and and he's come into the Premier League and he's done well but he's never really starred safe to say he, he got those two goals at a really good time because I personally think it would have been him that would have been on the block I think Antonio has proved himself as when he's fit he's a must start but he hardly ever is fit and that's the big question Lanzini's another one Lanzini always seems to be injured I think David Moyes has to fit him in some way. If he plays the three pronged attack in midfield, I think Bowen has to play in one of those wing spots, whether it's for a Snodgrass or an Antonio, but some somebody has to come out for him because you can't dispute those goals in the championship. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you mentioned it, but he's classified as a midfielder. Yes.
2: I mean that could offer excellent out of position potential, you know, six and a half million.
1: Well, absolutely. At the end like I said, at the end, I'm gonna mention it again. 22 goals last season 17 really this season the, that is a really and good thing record and
0: the with him I found when I was covering the championship for the start zone was that he loves a brace as well so if he scores I mean he's, he could get you a couple of big hauls he could
2: do I suppose my concern always with players not only signed in January but from the championship are how are they going to adjust to the demands of the Premier League and you know, you, you've both said how his stats are fantastic. Another player, and I'm going back many years now, who had fantastic championship stats was David Nugent, and yeah. he never managed to translate it across to the Premier League. And it, he's the player I always have in my mind when I'm seeing the people come up from the championship, players come up from the championship with these great goal scoring records, and think, well, so did he. I'd be a bit hesitant to be bringing him in straight away.
1: I think it's a difficult comparison, though, because David Nugent is a striker, and I do feel like it's difficult. For strikers in the championship to make the step up, I think it's, it just feels like a lot harder, and you know, especially with today's today's game where one up front, I think, is the preferential formation. Jared Bowen is going to be afforded, I think, a lot more freedom and space, even in a team managed under David Moyes. You know, going to be playing as part of an attack in three. You know, Hull utilized him really well in terms of he he would play out wide, but he would also be given the license to cut in to roam around. He was very good on the break, you know, deadly going forward. He's, he's not afraid to, you know, sprint out and get hit. And, and for someone like West Ham, as well, they need someone like that. They need someone to utilise them with a bit of pace because it just feels like West Ham team they, they don't have any pace in their team.
0: there's a problem with um, Bowen that he's gone to West Ham, isn't it? It's, just, it's quite an underwhelming move for all the places he could have gone because yeah. he's going to need a partnership that, like he had at home Yeah,
2: it is. And, and as I say, you seem very high on him for me. At his price six and a half million, the fact that there will be questions over not only, you know, when is he going to start but how is that form going to translate, you know, Mason Mount six point one million, he's just hit form again recently, Chariore's five point eight million, Iosi Perez at Leicester six point two million. I think there's better options that have already shown they can do it in the Premier League than a new player coming in. Who else have we looked at? We've got Manchester United's duo, so Bruno Fernandez, Igarlo both signed on deadline day for the Old Trafford Club. I think they're both actually quite good options. And that's going to surprise, I imagine, both of you in the room with that. Fernandes, everyone knows his record at Sporting, so I'm just going to throw some quick fire stats at you. Uh, 64 goals and 137 appearances in all competitions while at the Portuguese club. From 2017-18, so when he joined the club in the league, he led the league in shots with 271. He led the league in chances created. He led the league in through balls, and he led the league in goals from outside the box. He was second in big chances created final third passes and assists, and he was third in total goals scored. So, for me, he's got all the numbers, and he's filling a hole at United that they desperately needed to is be... There are three holes at United he needs to fill? Well, he's filling one of the holes at United. For me, to, he could be an excellent impact player straight away for that club. I mean, he's played the opening game, he's definitely going to start, and he is going to be that creative source that they need.
1: He's a good pitch, it's a good pitch. I like Bruno Fernandes, I you know he was part he was the I uh I uh, conducted the eye test on him back on Saturday in Game at 25 when they oh, played Wolverhampton and Mondrian. Your favourite word, Tim. Uh, the eye test. And, and I'm not going to lie, he was playing deep and I think that was due to injury problems. Of course, the Manumatic is out uh, suspended due to his red card uh, in the Carabao Cup against Manchester City. But I liked what I saw of him, even though he was playing deep. What I liked in particular about him was when he was shooting, he, he of course had a couple of three-kick opportunities which forced the goalkeeper into making a couple of saves. Now, while they're with saves you would expect the goalkeeper to make, what, what stood out to me was just... it was just I know this sounds a bit strange, but it was the power that generated from those free kicks. It, it reminded me a bit of Kevin De Bruyne and, and like the, the pace and power that Kevin De Bruyne gets on, on his shots from distance. And I could just tell from there why he scored goals outside the box and why he scored free kicks before, because when you get that sort of power away and over the wall, you're likely to get them in the back of the net if you can direct them properly. I think he's one of those where you're going to see goals from outside the box and from free kicks going forward and when Matic is back you'd expect him to actually play in that number 10 role rather than dropping deep Would you expect him to be on free
2: kicks moving forward? I don't see why not I mean Fred's taken over from Matter. I mean the United fans couldn't believe it in that Carabao Cup semi-final that you know they've got a free kick with two minutes to go to to draw level and, and it wasn't one Matter on it it was Fred and he ably proved everyone right and banged it into the wall so uh, yeah, I, I don't see I don't see why not. There is no one at that club that can stand out at the moment as a free kick specialist. You know, Pogba's injured, Rashford's injured. They'd be your two top choices normally. So and he seems like a confident boy. You know, he came along, most passes, man of the match performance. You know, demanding the ball from his teammates. I think he'll want to put himself on them. He's confident he'll be there.
0: No, it's been a season of um, budget forwards, but. I think we're all surprised at 6.5 million Odio Nogalo playing for Manchester United. Tim, you say so you like this pick.
2: I do like this pick. I like this pick for United. I, I know there was a lot of uh, talk on Twitter about how it was a poor signing for them, and I really don't think it is. You know, with Rashford gone, Lukaku obviously gone in this in the summer, Sanchez not able to be recalled from his loan. I think he fills a hole and he's someone that has got Premier League experience. You know, he played for Watford, 16 goals in 55 Premier League appearances for that team. And you know, Watford aren't one of the standout teams of the Premier League. If he's scoring one in about every three games for a club fighting against relegation, you'd like to think that for a team that, in theory, has more creative players, and particularly with Fernandes, we have saying joining the club, with more creative assets, he's going to Score more goals, and you know he likes to play on the final shoulder. Flores was talking about him when Kiki Flores, when he was manager at Watford, praised him for his work ethic. Said how he was brilliant at just hounding it down. It was like having an extra man on the pitch when he used to play up front, and he used to do a lot of that dirty work for. I mean, Deeney did as well, but a lot of the dirty work for that Watford team. And I think he'll fit right into that United front line. And it also means that Martial, I mean, he's been underwhelming, shall we say, up front, can transition to the left hand side of that sort of attacking three. Igalo was the main man up top.
1: I was happy to see Igalo priced fairly by FPL. I think six point five million is a fair price for someone who is in no way guaranteed to start for Manchester United. I would, I'll be interested to see. You know, his when he's. I assume he will make an appearance in 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 game week twenty six. But will he establish himself as a starter? I think is the main issue with Odion Igalo. I really think he will, like because they they have so few options and they're all playing so poorly.
2: <laughs> they are like Martial's not scored in many weeks now. You know he he doesn't seem to be enjoying his time up front. You know he he is more effective when he's coming in from that left hand side. Daniel James, after an excellent start to the season, has just disappeared
1: off the face of the planet. And you move across into what, Pereira no well it frustrates me because i'm a big fan of mason greenwood every time i've seen mason greenwood in the premier league especially at old trafford he's looked very good and he normally gets on the score sheet against those lower level premier league teams you know scored against against newcastle for example scored against norwich you know when he's he's come he he looks good but Solskjaer is just re- so reluctant to start him in the premier league i think he's reluctant to put that level of pressure on someone that young
0: I he understand that but... To play Marcus Rashford Into a longer term injury Than needed to though
1: And he plays him as well You he, he say he doesn't want To put Greenwood Under pressure yet He's starting him In the League Cup Against Manchester City twice Yet he's not playing him In the Premier League Against lower level opposition From the start I don't understand Why you would not throw Someone like Mason Greenwood In at the start Against some of those teams You know when When he came on Against Wolves Manchester United Seem to take more control of the game and they look the more likely team to go on and win it because he is someone that can get the ball on his left foot and he shoots. He actually shoots from outside the box and he looks dangerous. Whereas the likes of Martial, they just get the ball and it just, you don't see where a goal is going to come from. But when you've got an X Factor player like Greenwood, you can see where it's happening. I think it just frustrates me because when I look at him on the pitch and he seems like someone that can unpick the lock and United desperately need that.
0: So do you, I mean, do you think Odi is? some FPL teams answer I think he could be Oh, I do think he could be actually as well because
2: I, I, I do think he'll get a run in the first team he's suddenly got Bruno Fernandes behind him you know I know he played deeper as we discussed in his first appearance but I really think that's down to the fact that Matic was suspended the moment Matic is back he'll slot into that say number six role and Fernandes will be pushed into the number ten role and so you've got him supplying the ball to you you're going to create chances. He's going to create chances for you. And so you've got, essentially, Manchester Uniteds. Arguably, he's going to be their first choice forward shortly. Being provided balls by Bruno Fernandes behind him, Martial out on one wing, and then any one out of, say, Greenwood or James on the other. Chances will come for him, and he has scored when he gets
0: them at Watford. I think it seems a very united thing for Egalo to start, score two goals, everyone to bring him in, and then him just to not score ever again.
1: That is very much united, isn't it, to a team? Martial, I think, is a great example of that. Yeah. Martial always seems to get a few goals, and everyone brings him in in bulk, and then he does nothing else. I think only Rashford has proven genuinely consistent, you know. But I will say, I if if he can guarantee that he will start games consistently at six point five million from for a Manchester United starting striker with Bruno Fernandes behind you, that represents great value.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about the blank game week in twenty eight. Uh, Tristan touched upon it last week during. Uh, extra time uh, it's now been confirmed
1: thanks to the Carabao Cup semi finals uh, what does it look like alex so the four teams that are confirmed to not be playing in game week 28 uh, because uh, they have blank game weeks due to the Carabao Cup final is manchester city arsenal sheffield united and aston villa manchester city versus aston villa is the carabao cup final uh, arsenal and sheffield united were those two teams' prospective opponents so as such those four teams will not compete in game week 28, and they will face those fixtures down the line, which is yet to be announced by the Premier League. So, with that, the question, you know, I'm debating is what are FPL managers going to be doing with assets of these teams? So, you know, if you own a Sheffield United defender, if you own Dean Henderson, or if you own... Obviously, everybody seems to own Kevin De Bruyne, but what are you going to do if you own a Sergio Aguero as well? What are your plans, Jack Grealish or Bamiang? Have you got... Any ideas, Tim, as as an owner of any of these players?
2: I think it's fair to assume that most FPL players will have, say, a Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne and potentially a Sergio Aguero. At least one defender from Sheffield United. I mean, we'll touch upon Lundstrom very shortly, but a Lundstrom or a Dean Henderson or a Bordock, even a John Fleck, who's been performing well in midfield. He could have come in. Jack Grealish for Aston Villa. You know, a lot of FPL managers will have him, so... I think many of them will be in this boat whereby they haven't yet, or they're not able to, uh, in their current teams, put out 11 players for that blank game week 28. And as someone who is in that sort of position at the moment, I have 10 players currently available for me on that game week. I'm looking at keeping my big hitters, so I will not be transferring De Bruyne out. I think he's too valuable an asset to get rid of. I have Aubameyang. I will not be transferring Yang out. Again, I think he's too 5 of an asset. So instead, I've been looking at teams that have cheap FBL assets that you could potentially bring in for game week 28, game week 29, and possibly game week 27 if you wanted to bring them in a little earlier. So Southampton, they've got Villa in game week 27, West Ham in the blank game week 28, and Newcastle at home game week 29. And so that's a run of three very good fixtures you know, defensive they've got a bit better, so Bednarek will come in for 4.2 million, if you haven't got Danny Ings yet, he's 7 million, even a Ward-Prowse in the middle, you know, he's in the lower 5 million regions, so I think he represents a very cheap, I think that team offers very cheap alternatives for people over a three game stretch of favourable fixtures. Uh, the other team to that, Wolves have good fixtures around there as well Bolly's just come back from injury, he's 4.7 million, so if you are wanting to move on to Lundström, who does look like the one that If you have him and they're trying to make room for uh, a team that plays in game week 28 over a team that doesn't, he looks like he's been dropped anyway. So, 4.7 million, you could bring him in um, next week, game week 27. They've got Norwich at home. Sure, they play Spurs away in game week 28, but it's a fixture. And then they've got Brighton at home again on game week 29. So, again, another side with good fixtures around that blank game week.
1: Yeah, I look at it, I think I'm not an owner of Dean Henderson. But I worry a little bit there simply because goalkeepers, you always feel like they're the most difficult to replace in terms of, you know, a lot of people like to set and forget their goalkeeper for the season. And Dean Henderson has kept the joint most clean sheets in the Premier League this season with nine. Uh, Alongside Alisson, of course, he has 30 FPL points from his last four games. So I think it's difficult if you want to sell Dean Henderson and say you have a David Button on the bench. It's difficult. What are you going to do there? Are you going to make the transfer? Or are you going to go without a goalkeeper for a game week? Manchester City have Champions League fixtures coming up uh, against Real Madrid. And that gives you the argument to potentially sell a Kevin De Bruyne or a Sergio Aguero because you look at it and you think, are they guaranteed to play? And that's the big worry. I'm with Tim. I would keep Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's too valuable over the course of the season. But I do look at Sergio Aguero and I think, can I find another option uh, that are perhaps cheaper with better fixtures uh, and that I know is nailed. i look at Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy's on a really bad run at the moment. He's not scored since uh, since before Christmas. He's not found a net. However, Jamie Vardy has a very friendly run of games coming up. He's creating chances. He's been denied by some good goalkeeping uh, in game week 25 against Chelsea. He should have scored. Caballero made a great save. He missed a penalty against Burnley, of course. Nick Pope made a fantastic save. You feel like it's a question of when and not if Jamie Vardy's going to get a goal and when he does. I figure he's going to go on a run. And with the fixtures that Leicester have coming up, I think that's something to definitely consider. So if you are willing to lose an Aguero or an Aubameyang, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much because I do feel like there are options like Yavadi, Ings and Jimenez going forward that will offset that loss. The
2: only point I'll touch upon that you've made there, Alex, is uh, Dean Henderson and goalkeepers. If you're in a situation where you have got Button, if you can find the funds to upgrade Button to, say, any other goalkeeper that's playing game week 28 it means you have a keeper in Henderson who is who you don't have to transfer in that has a double game week coming up two three weeks later and so you're sort of in the keeper position because you can only ever play one you're sort of giving yourself an advantage moving forward whereby you don't have to waste a potential
0: transfer on bringing in a goalkeeper to play a double game week because you already have one there and that is a Tasty looking double game week in the future isn't it with Manchester City Arsenal and Sheffield United and Aston Villa I suppose
1: Absolutely absolutely. Aston Aston Villa because I would definitely own Jack Grealish if Aston Villa have a double game week I'd want Jack Grealish in my team so absolutely
0: We'll we'll definitely uh, keep a close eye on when that double game week arises Would you say it's time to lose Lundstrom, guys?
1: Yes it is Uh, I think he's lost his place I think it's as simple as that he's not been playing He's, he hadn't been playing well for the last few weeks. I'd kept an eye on uh, the Sheffield United fans forum, main fans forum, and their supporters had grown a little tired of him and would had liked to see him removed for Besic, who had impressed when coming off the bench. Um, so Besic got his chance against Manchester City, did well by all counts, and then did well again in the FA Cup. But it's not Besic that's turned out to be the big threat. It's the new signing, Sander Burge from Genk, that has come straight into the team uh, in Lundström's place, no messing about. And that it looks... It's looking like he may have it, lost his spot. It was the
2: signing of, of Berg that really made me think it's time to move on from him. When it was just Besic, I know the Sheffield United fans had been clamouring for him to come in, but he performed well, but I wouldn't say he was outperforming Lundstrom. You'd still be confident of Lundstrom getting a few games in. He's now potentially got two people ahead of him in the pecking order, you know, I don't think he's going to play as much anymore and it's time to cash if you've had him since the beginning he's, he's worth 5.1 million now Yeah, you got him at 4 it's time to cash in for that extra half a million and, and move on from him
1: yeah, I agree and it'll be interesting to see how Sheffield United move forward formation wise they played the same formation against Crystal Palace with Burge as part of the midfield three it was interesting to see there was a bit of speculation that now Sheffield United have virtually secured their safety that Chris Wilder is going to refer to a more attacking formation that he utilised for the championship bringing back the number 10 um, and playing the two in central midfield field instead and that would involve Burge and Norwood playing the central midfield and Fleck who is very cheap moving into that number 10 role as a
2: Fleck owner I am hoping that he returns because he's been performing excellently Fleck when in that midfield three the idea of him getting pushed further forward for 5.1 million again and double game week coming up very soon
0: it's, it's a very attractive proposition Speaking of attractive propositions, Alex, who have we
1: got in our captain's picks this week? We've got a lot of attractive propositions in our captain's picks this week, Adam. Uh, starting with, in my opinion, the most attractive of the lot, Sergio Aguero.
0: Doing uh, physically or?
1: Both. Yeah, Sergio nice Aguero. He's a beautiful man. He is. At home to West Ham United. Twelve million. This choice won't come as a surprise for anyone. In my opinion, it's going to take someone very brave if you own him to not put the captaincy on him. He didn't score against Spurs last weekend in game week 25. Having said that, He should have had a hat-trick in the first half, in my opinion. Fantastic save from Hugo Lloris, uh, using his leg to tip one onto the post. He won a penalty which wasn't converted. He missed a sitter right in first half stoppage time where the goalkeeper had committed himself to the ground and Aguero couldn't get his foot round it and turn it into the goal and instead hit the side netting. He had a a couple of runs into the area but couldn't get his shot away. Of course,
2: he also didn't have a penalty which baffles me like Pep seems to have somehow made an issue where there wasn't any in this penalty
1: rotation I think it is to do with the fact that he missed against Hugo Lloris in the Champions League and also I might add this people didn't this wasn't mentioned at the time of the commentary Aguero had taken the little kick at that time and he looked like he was just limping a tiny bit he ran it off but he looked like he was limping a bit and if he was about to run up and take a kick with his right foot I was just wondering whether you know it was hurting a little bit and maybe that made a small impact on it Plus, Gundogan had a 100% record from penalty spot at the time. I understand. I, I was expecting Aguero to step up too, but I just feel like Gundogan had taken the most recent one and scored. I could understand it in a way.
2: I, I just don't. So, Aguero, 26 goals from 30 penalties taken in City colours. Where, Why take the penalty duties off your Premier marksman up front?
1: He scored his last nine pe- Premier League penalties as well. But like I say, he missed against Hugo Lawrence in the Champions League. I think that had something to do with it, but... Gundogan missed Aguero did not get the assist that he would have been due Um, it was a surprise absolutely but this is the point Manchester City have previously bounced back very well from defeat let's think about smashing Watford 8-0 after losing to Norwich after losing to Wolves 3-2 on Boxing Day uh, they came back and beat Sheffield United um 2-0 in that game uh and Sergio Aguero scored in that game as well um I just feel like it's going to be. It could be one of those games, really, against the West Ham team low on confidence. I feel like they'll play a low block. The last team to play a seriously low block against Manchester City was um, Aston Villa away from home, and Manchester City went two up front in that game and they smashed them by six goals to one. I wouldn't be surprised if they go two up front again is with Gabriel Jesus. That game. was the one, and um, I'm just. I just feel like I could see that happening against a team like West Ham that are going to put the men behind the ball. It will be interesting to see what Pep goes with but either way I think Aguero is a brilliant option for the captaincy this week you can't
0: see that me and Tim are both nodding
1: I I, I just I think he's absolutely nailed on for a goal, I would be. If for us
2: non-Aguero owners, which is me actually, out of the two of us over here, you should be who, quaking. Who else is available on the captaincy department? Well,
1: of course there is the obvious Mo Salah away at rock bottom Norwich. Um, of course, Sadio Mane was forced off by injury uh, during Liverpool's two-one win away at Wolves, and that was the first of their two game with twenty-four matches. As a result, Mo Salah stepped up to the plate uh, as he normally does when Mane isn't there. Uh, and is registering attacker returns for fun. In those two games that he's played without uh, manner, he's got three goals and one assist. It's seen him raise to fourteen goals and six assists for the season so far. Uh, as Liverpool get closer and closer to that first Premier League title, and of course, I want to mention that Mo Salah scored and assisted against Norwich on the opening day of the season. So um, he has previous against the Canaries so he looks back to his FPL best he should be capable of continuing his hot streak um my third pick is Danny Ings only seven million against Burnley at home I feel like some managers may have forgotten about Danny Ings uh, because he's gone his last three Premier League appearances without a goal but I think it's worth mentioning one of those came from the bench against Crystal Palace that was in game week 24 and Southampton were already 2-1 up uh, Southampton were already 2-0 up Um, he returned to Anfield uh, last game week looked menacing caused the strongest defence in the Premier League problems should have had a penalty in my opinion he was clearly tripped by uh, Fabinho but it was turned down Um, he also sits on 14 Premier League goals for the season like Salah Burnley, I think I feel like it's a good opportunity for him to recapture the form that saw him score ten goals in ten Premier League starts between game weeks twelve and twenty-two. Southampton also have four goals in their last three Premier League home games.
0: Of course, he used to play for Burnley as well. I always like that as a little added extra.
2: I have no comment on the Danny Ings pick, as again he is someone I don't own, and therefore in Alex's this pick so far, I am with
0: Salah.
1: Well, here well, is here. Is, I was going. Sorry, so say was, this was podcast
0: there. isn't called. Who's in Tim's team?
1: Well, I was going to carry on the trend because I was going to, I was going to, my next pick was going to be someone that you do own. In fact, it was going to be someone that you put the captaincy on last game week, and that's Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Um, a good it, pick. A good pick didn't come off though. Returning to action after game week twenty-five uh, following suspension, he was expected to jump straight in amongst the goals because he previously scored 70 in his last four against uh, the Clarets, which Tim had been at pains to uh, describe previously and rightly so. Alas it didn't happen I mean, arguably he he could and should have had three i agree he had guilt-edged chances three three guilt-edged chances i think two in the first half and a header late in the second half um, didn't happen he spurned them and uh, i think he showed i think he showed signs of rust having been out of action since game week 22 i think it was fair to say perhaps he needed that game to get up to speed you feel like a fully firing Obamiang who had played consistently week in week out would have buried at least at least one of those chances and uh, he missed out as a result. However, does that mean that he is going to be fit and firing next game? Um, over two hundred and fifty thousand FPL managers transferred him in for that game, so Tim certainly isn't alone. I, I think he's a,
2: an excellent choice, actually, Aubameyang. I, I know he didn't secure last week, and he has a blank in game week twenty-eight. But his next three fixtures, game week twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-nine, are all at home. They are. You know, he's got West, he's got Newcastle, sorry, Everton, and West Ham in that time period, and these are all teams that are. Leaking goals, and as you've said, he's, he's got another game under his belt now. I can see him being a shrewd investment moving forward.
1: Well, you mentioned Newcastle, they've conceded seven goals in their last three Premier League away matches. And Aubameyang has already scored against Steve Bruce's side this season uh, in, again in game week one at St James's Park in Arsenal's. So I think it was a 1 0 win. It was. Do you have a differential pick for us this week? I do, although some people might claim this isn't a differential pick, but in my opinion it is a differential pick. I bet pick. I know who it is It tell is. Me first. It is Liverpool midfielder Sadio Mane. Not a differential pick It is a differential ah, pick. I, I thought it would be Tim Carry on. No, it's fine. I'll, I'll give my pitch and then you can come back at me. He's missed Liverpool's last two matches through a muscle injury He is and this is why I believe he's differential. He's been sold by well over 1.2 million FPL managers in that time Um, he is expected to have recovered in time for Liverpool's trip to Norwich before that injury away at Wolves he had accumulated 52 FPL points in seven league appearances three goals, four assists and it could have been more goalkeeper, mixture of goalkeeping saves um, great defending kept him out he has got more away goals in the Premier League this season than Salah he's got four as opposed to Salah's two Uh, again he did not play Norwich on the opening day of the season I think it's worth remembering he did not start that game whereas Salah did I think he could turn out to be uh, with Salarone by 42.9% of managers and Mane 22.2% it could be a massive differential for those managers looking to make gains in their mini leagues
2: so, so Mane is obviously an excellent captaincy shout for the stats you've just given on his away form my issue with this is that every week we do a captaincy article and put it on the com, and in that article we suggest four players that are sort of regular options that people might pick so this week you've gone with Aguero or Bamian, Salah and Ings and they're highly owned players and then the differential side is meant to be a player that people can captain that is not so highly owned or not so highly captained that week Mane does not fall into that category in the slightest okay
1: so you say Sally or Mane is not captained much you're not going to be captained much that week do you honestly think Sadio Mane is going to be in the top five captaincy choices for Gaming 26? Yes. I disagree. And I the reason why I think it.
2: this, and, the, and, and, and I'll just, I'll just, you know, I've got a few stats, but I'll just say Go the on. one which will all right. prove the point of why Mane in your captaincy article is not a differential pick. Uh, Mane is currently owned by 22% of all teams. He's currently owned by 22% or 22.81% of those teams in the top 10,000. So he's not owned by loads of dead teams. It's still active teams in the top 10K. Or Bamiyang, who you have picked to go into your main captaincy pick, is owned by 16% of all teams and by 14% of those in the top 10K. So your differential pick is owned by more players overall and more players in the top 10k than one of your actual picks.
1: Yes, I still believe that Aubameyang will be more captain than Sadio Mane in game week 26. And mm. I'm, willing to, I'm willing to bet on that that that's going to be the case. But he's
2: not going to be, just through the sheer number of stats you Because I, I
1: believe these people will not be captaining Mane. Yes. I believe they'll be captaining Mo it, Salah. It's not what's a what's differential
2: mean? pick. If I, anything, it makes more sense to go into that pick than Danny
0: Ings does. I believe it's a differential pick. Adam, what do you think? I think we should move on. But if people did want to read the uh, entirety of your Captain's Pick article, where would they find it?
1: They would find it uh, at the Uh under the FPL uh, section of our site. There is a clear tab there saying uh, Captain Picks. So if you just click on that and uh, go onto to the uh, Game Week 26 Captain Picks article and it will all be there for you.
0: Lovely. Not a differential pick. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening and downloading the FPL Zone. If you've enjoyed it, please feel free to give us a review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and several other hidden places where you get your podcasts from. Supposing that you're still both speaking to each other, it's goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Alex. Goodbye, Adam. Thanks, Alex. And it's goodbye from all of us here. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by the Stat Zone.